seated. As you're being seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 14. We are continuing to examine the role, the importance, encouragement plays in our lives as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Encouragement helps us walk by faith in Jesus. Encouragement helps us grow in our faith in Jesus. Encouragement helps us minister to others for Jesus. An encouraging word or deed is a blessing for those who share it and those who receive it. Jesus told us in Matthew 7 and verse 12, Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and prophets. As we've been sharing in this series, it's okay for us to want others to do for us. It's okay for us to want others to love us, to comfort us, to help us, to encourage us. Whatever we want to get from others, we are to give to others. And we know that God fills us with the desire and strength to do for others as we would have them do for us as we follow him by faith day by day. If we want to receive encouragement from others, we must give encouragement to others. As the writer of Hebrews told us, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. Encouragement is important for all of us every day, all through the day. Encouragement, among other things, helps us to resist the deception of sin. There are times, days, moments, seasons in our lives when we need more encouragement than normal. We all need encouragement every day, all day, but there are times in our lives where we really need an extra dose of encouragement. We need an extra dose of an encouraging deed or an encouraging word. Times when we need encouragement the most. Let's look at a few of those times when we need encouragement the most. Number one, we need encouragement in times of fatigue. We need encouragement when we're tired, exhausted, worn out. Our fatigue may be physical. We get so busy with life, we don't take care of ourselves like we should. We don't take care of the temple, the Holy Spirit that God's given us, and we get worn out. We get tired and worn down. Our fatigue may be emotional. We pray and we hope and we work to see change in our lives or our circumstances, and we get tired and worn down when we don't see those changes happening. Listen, fatigue will negatively affect us spiritually. Fatigue will negatively affect us spiritually. Elijah, our prophet friend in the Old Testament, defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. After he defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, he actually ran down the mountain ahead of King Ahab to get to Jezreel because of the impending storm. When he made it to Jezreel, he came up against Queen Jezebel. And Queen Jezebel threatened Elijah and basically threatened his life and said, I'm going to kill you for what you did to the prophets of Baal, which then, after all that Elijah had already done, sent Elijah running for his life. And the scripture says that Elijah took off running as far and as fast as he could go to get away from Queen Jezebel. After a sprint for an entire day, he finally came to a stop. He was exhausted. He was hungry. He sat under a tree, and he said, that's it, God. I've had enough. 
Lord, take my life. He was worn out. He was exhausted. God encouraged Elijah with rest, with good food, and with some uplifting words. Encouragement helps us when we're tired and worn out. We also need encouragement in times of failure. Failure can discourage us, and after a period of time, it can cause us to question others, ourselves, our abilities, our relationship with God. Even can even cause us to question, at times, God. Jesus told his disciples that they would all fall away from him, that they would desert him uh, due to his impending arrest and crucifixion. And Peter spoke up boldly and said, uh, hey, Jesus, I'm not sure if you know who you're talking to, but uh, that's not going to be me. I would never deny you. Jesus, I wouldn't fall away from you. I would never desert you. Peter was wrong. Jesus is right. And we know Peter denied Jesus three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Why did Peter go outside and weep bitterly? It's because he failed to stand for Jesus. Jesus encouraged Peter after Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. He went to Peter and he said to Peter, feed my sheep. In other words, Peter, love my people and lead my people my way. Peter, I'm not done with you. Peter, I forgive you. Peter, I have much work to do through you. See, encouragement helps us when we have failed in a certain way, one way or the other in our lives or maybe in a relationship. We also need encouragement uh, in times of frustration. Uh, we get frustrated with our circumstances. Things aren't changing the way we want them to change. Things aren't happening the way we want them to happen. It's not working out for us, and we get frustrated. We get frustrated with ourselves uh, and our lack of uh, good decision-making skills. We, we get frustrated because we seem to continue to make poor decisions. We do what we don't want to do rather than what we want to do. We, we're frustrated with ourselves because of our lack of spiritual growth or maturity that seems to keep us in the same spot spiritually. We get frustrated with others. They're not changing the way we want them to change or, or doing the things that we want them to do or acting the ways that we want them to act. We get frustrated at times with God. He's not answering our prayers when we want, the way we want. He's not changing us, others, or our circumstances like we want. It's very easy for us to get frustrated in our daily lives. Martha, as you remember, was so frustrated with her sister Mary. Why? Because Mary refused to help her serve Jesus and the disciples when they came to her house. And so Martha, so frustrated with her sister Mary, she actually, out of frustration, told Jesus what to do. Imagine that. We would never do that, would we? Yeah, that's what I thought. All kinds of times we go to the Father and tell him what we think he should do in prayer. Martha went to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, tell my sister to help me. She's not helping me. And Jesus encouraged Martha by reminding Martha, Martha, don't allow the good to distract you from the best. Don't allow the good to distract you from the best. Martha, serving me and my disciples is good. Sitting with me is best. And so we understand encouragement 
helps to take the air out of our frustrations, whether it's with ourselves or those outside of us. An encouraging word or deed just has this ability to take the air out, bring us back to our focus on the Lord, bring us back to our first love, Jesus Christ, and what he desires for us and what he wants through us. And then we also know that encouragement is important for us in times of fear. God has told us throughout his word, don't be afraid. Do not fear. God told Abram, don't be afraid. God told Isaac, don't be afraid. God told Joshua, don't be afraid. God told the Israelites, don't be afraid. God told Zechariah, don't be afraid. God told Mary, don't be afraid. God told the disciples, don't be afraid. God tells you and me today, do not be afraid. Yet, one of our greatest challenges in life as a follower of Jesus Christ is to walk by faith, not by fear. It's one of our greatest challenges on a daily basis, to walk by faith, not by fear. Fear may crash into our lives as a result of just overwhelming care, concern, overwhelming worries and anxiety about what's going on that we can't control, uh, and, and it crashes into our lives and begins to create fear. Fear can crash into our lives as a result of many different circumstances or situations. It can crash into our lives as a result of the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one. Uh, it could be as a result of some news that we didn't want to hear from our doctor, something going on inside us that we know is not right, and so we, we start to get afraid of what it might be. It could come from a broken relationship, a broken friendship, maybe a challenge in a marriage. Maybe it's a difficulty with your son or daughter, uh, a sibling. Fear can crash into our lives as a result of a sudden change in our circumstances that we weren't prepared for and that we really quite honestly don't like. These times can crash in our lives and create fear in us because we begin to think, what's going to happen? How are we going to be able to move forward? Will I be able to handle this? What's next? Will I be able to go forward? I don't know what to do. Fear is a formidable foe for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Many have defined fear in a very simple way as fear is false evidence appearing real. They've taken the word fear and used it as an acrostic, false evidence appearing real. What we know is fear bullies us. Fear discourages us. Fear isolates us. Satan loves to try to fill us with fear with his lies every chance he gets. Fear takes our eyes off of Jesus. Fear takes our minds out of God's word. And over time, fear begins to pull us away from our trusting God. Fear begins to lead us away from God and into sin. Fear keeps us from God's blessings for us. Fear keeps us from what God wants for us. Fear keeps us from what God wants to do in us and through us. And so we know and understand that this battle with fear is real for you and me on a daily basis. The world says that you have to see in order to believe. God says you have to believe in order to see. 
And so we understand and realize as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to walk by faith, not by fear. Faith is the assurance, the certainty, the reality of what is hoped for. Faith is the conviction, the evidence, the proof of what is not yet seen. Faith is the confident belief and trust in God due to the overwhelming evidence and proof for God in his word and in his work, in his world, and in our lives. Faith is the conviction that we have as followers of Jesus Christ that God is who he says he is. Faith is the conviction that we have as followers of Jesus Christ that God will do what he says he will do. Faith is the conviction for us as followers of Jesus Christ that this word is true. It is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. It does teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and train us in righteousness so that we will be ready to do all that God's called us to do. It does equip us to do the works that God has for us. This word is true. Faith tells us that this word is true, that greater is he who's in us than he who is in the world, that God is sovereign, he is in control, and he is on his throne. This is faith. This is faith, and this is what God calls us to. He calls us to walk by faith and not by fear. And encouragement plays a big part in this walk for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Paul encouraged Timothy and us as he shared with Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7, prominent verse that you probably could memorize and you could probably quote, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of sound judgment. Here's some good news for us this morning that you can dwell on, you can grab onto, you can share with your loved ones. God has fashioned us for faith as followers of Jesus. Amen. God's fashioned us for faith as followers of Jesus. He's not given us a spirit of fear, of timidity. He's not given us a, a spirit that runs and hides. No, no, no. He's given us a spirit of power and love and sound judgment, which helps us to walk by faith, not by fear. You see, God wants us to encourage one another specifically according to our needs. He wants us to encourage one another specifically. Why? Because this is a way in which we're able to build up and bless one another and all those who may be listening to us. And one of the specific ways that we can encourage one another, one of the ways that each one of us needs to receive encouragement is we need to receive encouragement from one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, as it relates to walking by fear and not, or walking by faith and not by fear. We don't have to walk by fear any longer. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Old is gone and the new has come. We're new in Christ. We're being transformed each day into the likeness of Christ. And so we don't have to worry about walking by fear. You know, no matter what happens to us on a day-by-day basis, hey, listen, God's still on his throne. He's still in control. And he's still more than able to take care of anything and everything that we need. No matter what happens to us, Jesus is still coming back for us one day. And we're going to spend eternity with him in glory. No matter what happens, last time I checked the word, we still win in Christ Jesus. We still win. And so we have this confidence, this faith in Christ Jesus. That 
is to be expressed through our lives. The words that we speak and the actions that we take. And it is this confidence, this faith in Christ Jesus that should just allow us to be vessels of encouragement to one another and all those God places around us. Because we are in Christ Jesus. We're heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. And we're going to be okay. No matter what is going on around us or happening to us or who's coming against us, we're going to be okay because God is for us. And I want us to look at this familiar, fantastic passage of Scripture this morning, focusing in on Jesus and his disciples that Matthew recorded for us in chapter 14. It's a wonderful passage. It's going to share with us some encouragement uh, that we need to walk by faith, not by fear, so that we can help others walk by faith and not by fear. And so I want to read this passage. You can read along with me. Matthew chapter 14. I'll begin reading it in verse 22. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he, that's Jesus, went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, Jesus was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Jesus came toward them, walking on the sea very early in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. They cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. Verse 22, immediate, say immediately. Immediately. There's a lot going on here. Let me just catch you up to speed so you know what's going on with that first word. That first word packs a punch. Immediately. What's happening is there is excitement in the air at this point in time. Jesus had been teaching truth. He had been healing the sick and performing miracles. He had just performed the miracle of feeding the crowd of over 5,000 people on two fish and five loaves. An amazing miracle. The crowds of people that were there uh, for that uh, miracle were excited. There was excitement in the air. They had been hearing Jesus and watching Jesus heal the sick and perform miracles. And the crowd, Scripture says, literally wanted to seize Jesus. They wanted to take hold of Jesus. They wanted to seize him. And they wanted to take him by force to Jerusalem and install him as king in Jerusalem as their political ruler, as their political savior. They wanted to install him as as king to deliver them from Roman rule. The disciples at the same point in time were exhausted from helping Jesus with all of his ministry to all the crowds that continually followed Jesus and his disciples. They were always around them, crowds and crowds of people. And so we see immediately Jesus made the disciples get in the boat. Notice Jesus did what? He made, Jesus made the disciples get in the boat. 
That means he compelled them to get in the boat. He made them get in the boat. Now, we know that Jesus, one of the purposes Jesus made them get in the boat was because he was going to teach them a lesson about walking by faith, not by fear. Bible scholars believe, uh, many Bible scholars believe that another reason why Jesus made them get in the boat was because Jesus didn't want the disciples getting caught up in the emotion and the excitement of what was going on with the crowds. He didn't want them to get caught up with the crowds and try to agree with them and help the crowds take him to Jerusalem to become the ruler of the Jews because it wasn't Jesus' time yet. And Jesus didn't come to be a political ruler. Jesus came to be the suffering Savior to rescue us from our sins. So he didn't want that to happen. And so we see here that Matthew told us Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus dismissed the crowds, and then Jesus went up on the mountainside to spend time alone with his Father in prayer. While he prepared to teach the disciples a lesson about walking by faith, not fear. Quick note, quick note. If Jesus made time to get along with his father in prayer during his earthly ministry, how important is prayer for you and me today? How important is it for us to get with our father in prayer throughout the day? It's vitally important for you and for me. And so we see this excitement. We see this scene unfolding with the disciples. And so let's look at some words of encouragement that we can apply in our lives today and we can use to help those that God places around us this week. The first encouraging word is this. Walking by faith, not fear, requires obedience. Walking by faith, not fear, requires obedience. Think with me now. The disciples, they got in the boat and they set sail. They got in the boat. And they set sail. They obeyed Jesus. They did what he asked them to do. We may not always like what God asks us to do. We may not always want to do what God asks us to do. We may not always understand why God asks us to do what he asks us to do. But listen, our responsibility, our priority, our part, our role to play is to do what God asks us to do. We are called to obey God, to do what he asks us to do. We express our faith in God by our obedience to God. We demonstrate our faith and conviction that God is who he says he is and he'll do what he'll say we'll do. He will do by walking in obedience to him. Now listen, we're gonna show, I'm gonna show you here in this passage what you've seen in scripture, all throughout scripture and you see in your life today. When we obey God, when we express our faith in God by our obedience to God, that is when we are able to see the plans, purposes, and power of God at work in our lives. That's when we're able to see it unfold, when we obey God. When the disciples sat the people on the ground in groups of 50 and began to serve the meal, they saw, they had a front row seat to see Jesus feed a crowd of well over 5,000 people on two fish and five loaves. When the disciples obeyed Jesus and got in the boat, they had a front row seat to see Jesus walk on water and calm the wind and the waves. When we obey God, 
We see the plans, purposes, and power of God unfold in our lives. We obey God because he's God, because he knows what he's doing, and because what God asks us to do is always best for us. And so we know walking by faith requires obedience. Secondly, we know a second word of encouragement is walking by faith is not easy. It requires courage. It's not easy to walk by faith, not fear. Walking by faith is not easy because of our circumstances at times. If you look and see here, the disciples were exhausted after nonstop ministry with Jesus. They've been ministering and ministering and ministering, and they get in the boat, and then they get in the boat, and it's late in the evening, and they get in the boat, and then once they're out on the Sea of Galilee, what happens? Here comes the storm, the wind, and the waves, and it starts battering the boat. So they're already exhausted. Now they're in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. The waves and the winds are battering the boat. They can't move forward in the boat at all. They can't do anything against the force of the storm, and notice the disciples are in the storm on the Sea of Galilee because of their obedience to God. Like the disciples, we will face trials, storms, and tests of our faith as we follow Jesus by faith. Like the disciples, we will find ourselves in the middle of storms and trials in life because of our obedience to God. Like the disciples, God uses those storms, tests, and trials in our lives to teach us and grow us in our faith in him. God uses those moments as he was preparing to do with these disciples to teach us to rely on him, not ourselves. To focus on him, not ourselves or our circumstances or others. We know that walking by faith, not fear, is difficult because of our flesh. It's difficult because of our flesh. As we shared last week, we know that Peter told us that we're to abstain from the sinful desires that do what? That wage war against us. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, but we still have a battle with the desires of our sinful flesh that we wage war against on a daily basis, we face the daily challenge of walking by faith, not fear, of walking in the spirit, not the flesh, of submitting to God's will, not our will, of loving God and others rather than just loving ourselves, of living selflessly instead of selfishly, the battle of speaking words that build up rather than speaking words that tear down, speaking words that help rather than speaking words that harm, speaking words that bless rather than speaking words that burden. Walking by faith is not easy. It requires courage because of the circumstances that we find ourselves in quite often, but also because of the desires of our sinful flesh. And then we also know then walking by faith is not easy because of our comfort zones. Faith calls us out of our comfort zones. Faith calls us to face our fears as followers of Jesus. Faith calls us out of our comfort zones on a daily basis. The disciples were exhausted from ministry with Jesus. They get in the boat. They're in the boat. And as they're making their way, they're out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And the wind and the waves are battering the boat. They can't make headway. They can't get to where they need 
to go. And they're just out in the sea and they're being battered by the winds and the waves. And all of this is going on. And then they look up and it's early in the morning, pitch dark, early in the morning. They look up and they see a ghost. They see someone walking to them on the water. The disciples had never seen a man walk on the water before. And so they cry out in fear and terror because they think it's a ghost. Imagine the disciples as if the storm and all the ministering and the waves and the winds are not enough. Now there's a ghost coming after us. You see, I love what one Bible scholar said. He said, the disciples recognized the storm, but not the Savior, and they cried out in fear. They recognized the storm, but not the Savior. So they cried out in fear. You see, fear blinds us to Jesus. Fear keeps us from faith in Jesus. But notice, Jesus, always an encourager, always an encourager, encouraged the disciples. Look at verse 27. Always an encourager. He encouraged the disciples immediately. Say that with me. Immediately. Jesus spoke to them, have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus spoke to them. He saw their fear and terror, and he spoke immediately into their fear and terror. He immediately spoke to them. Now, remember, Jesus had declared he was the Savior. He had already declared he was the Savior. Now, Jesus demonstrated he was the Savior by walking on the water. He declared it. Now, he demonstrated it. Jesus, always an encourager, encourages you and me today. He encourages you and me today. When we are struggling with fear, when we are afraid, when we're battling with this fear that is debilitating to us, Jesus speaks to us in the storms of our lives. Jesus speaks to us in those trying times in our lives. Jesus speaks to us in those trials. And here's what he says to us. Have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Jesus says to us, don't be afraid, it is I. Don't be afraid, I am that I am. Don't be afraid, I am the Alpha and Omega. Don't be afraid, I am the beginning and the end. Don't be afraid, I am the first and the last. Don't be afraid, I am with you wherever you go. Don't be afraid, I will comfort you. Don't be afraid, I will encourage you. Don't be afraid, I will forgive you. Don't be afraid, I will guide you. Don't be afraid, I will help you. Don't be afraid. I will meet your needs. Don't be afraid. I will never leave you, fail you, or forsake you. Don't be afraid. I am in charge. Don't be afraid. I am in control. Don't be afraid. I got everything taken care of. Don't be afraid. You simply keep trusting in me. You keep following me. I got it covered. You see, Jesus is never early, and he's never late. Jesus is always on time. He's always on time. And he says to you and me today, have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You see, we are filled with courage as we abide and remain in Jesus. And that courage helps us to walk by faith, not by fear. Step by step, moment by moment, day by day. Walking by faith, not fear, requires obedience and courage. It's not easy. Walking by faith, not fear, involves our sight. It involves our sight. Back in the passage, we see what's going on. Peter, full of his typical boldness. We love Peter. I love Peter. He's an amazing guy. 
full of his typical boldness, he says to Jesus, hey, Jesus, if it's you, or it can be translated, since it's you, command me to come to you on the water. What a statement. What a statement. Could you imagine the other 11 guys who were in the boat? Just imagine what the other 11 guys were doing, what they must have been thinking or saying. Are you insane? No, 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 that's Peter. That's Peter. That's just like Peter. Well, what happens? Well, Jesus was pleased. He was pleased with the faith that was present in Peter's request. He was pleased with the faith that was present. How do we know that? Well, because Jesus told Peter, hey, come. He not only was pleased with the faith in his request, he told him to come and he enabled him to come. I like what one Bible scholar said, Peter was a walking miracle. He literally was. He was a walking miracle. So what happens? Peter obeys Jesus. Can you imagine the scene? Storm, wind, waves, early in the morning, exhaustion, chaos, the other 11 guys who knows what they're saying, and here he goes, steps out of the boat, and he starts walking on the water toward Jesus. He's walking making his way to Jesus. And Matthew tells us, but when Peter saw the strength of the wind in verse 30, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. The minute Peter took his eyes off Jesus, his faith gave way to fear and he began to sink. But notice, when Peter began to sink, his faith reengaged because he immediately cried out to Jesus, save me. And Jesus, the scripture said, reached his hand, took hold of him, took hold of him, saved him. That simple for Jesus. No sweat, no strain. Just reached out, took hold of him. Listen, the minute we take our eyes off of Jesus, our fear will give, our faith will give way to fear and we'll begin to sink. We'll begin to sink. And when we begin to sink in fear, we must cry out to Jesus in faith. Our faith re-engages. We cry out to Jesus in faith and what happens is we find out the same thing that Peter found out. We find out that Jesus will reach out and save us. He'll reach out and save us. In the midst of the storm, the chaos, the confusion, in the midst of the dark, the lateness of the hour, he'll reach out and he'll save us. But then I want you to see as well, walking by faith, not fear, is exciting. The last point is it's exciting. Peter walked on the water. Peter walked on the water. Are you kidding me? Faith, walking by faith is exciting. Peter literally walked on the water. All the disciples that were in the boat, 
they saw the wind and they saw the waves cease immediately when Jesus and Peter got back in the boat. Faith, walking by faith is exciting. It's awesome. Peter walked on the water. Then all of them got a chance to see as soon as Jesus got in the boat. Everything was calm. And what happened? The disciples responded the way they should have responded. They worshiped Jesus and they declared together, truly, truly, you, you are the Son of God. You are the Savior. Walking by faith, not fear, is exciting for us today because we get to see God at work in us and through us and around us. As we walk by faith, we get to see God do what only he can do. In us, through us, and around us, he answers prayers that only he can answer. He changes circumstances that only he can change. He he places people in our lives that only he can place. He does things that only he can do. He sees around every corner. He knows the end of every circumstance and situation. He knows us best. He knows what's most important for us. He knows what's best for us. He meets us at our time of need. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He reminds us of the truth we need to be reminded of. The minute we need to be reminded of it, he is with us. He's with us. He sustains us. You see, our extraordinary God takes ordinary you and me and does the extraordinary in and through and around us because he's extraordinary. He's extraordinary. He took ordinary Peter and Peter walked on water. Why? Because our God is a great and almighty God, that's why. And God wants us to encourage one another today and every opportunity we get to walk by faith, not by fear. And we must encourage one another to walk by faith and not by fear because remember, without faith, it's impossible for us to please God. If you want to walk on water. You have to get out of the boat. If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. Don't let fear keep you any longer from the Lord what he has for you, what he wants for you, what he wants to do in and through and around you. Have courage. Jesus says, it is I. Don't be afraid. Trust God. Keep your eyes on God. Walk in obedience to God, knowing that as you and I do, God will empower us to walk by faith and not fear, and God will bless us with every step we take. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team's gonna come and lead in this time of response and the Lord is speaking and he's desiring for us to respond in obedience to him. And let me just encourage you, the altar's open as it always is to come and kneel and do business with the Lord. Our pastors and ministers will be standing here at the front. They would love to pray with you, to pray for you, to pray over you. As God's speaking, 
my brother, my sister in Christ, I want to encourage you to, to follow him in obedience. The altar is open as always is. You can come and kneel here. You can kneel where you're at. Maybe grab your wife's hand, your husband's hand. And just pray. God's making his will for your life clear. That's the way he is. He speaks clearly to us. Maybe it's in this area of fear. Maybe it's in an area of fatigue or frustration. Maybe it's in an area of, of, of failure recently. But what I know is God's there with you and he's desiring to empower you, to strengthen you, to transform you, to speak truth into you so that you can walk by faith and not by fear. Listen, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I want to encourage you to make that decision this morning. Don't let fear keep you from placing your faith in Jesus. Our pastors will be here at the front. They'd love to introduce you to Jesus. They'd love to pray with you. Today is the day of salvation. For those who have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, why not today? Why not right here? Why not right now? Say yes to Jesus. Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life for you and for me. You see, we turned away from God because of our sin against God, and, and that sin separates us from God. And so God sent his son Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice for us so that we could receive forgiveness of our sins and enter a relationship with God. And Jesus came to earth, and he was tempted over and over and over again, just like we're tempted. But Jesus never sinned, and he crucified on the cross he was buried in the tomb and then on the third day he rose again victorious over sin and death for you and me see he's alive today and through Jesus and his blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary by his work on the cross for us we can receive forgiveness of sins and we can be brought into a relationship with God by responding to God's grace at work in our lives right now, by simply placing our faith and trust in Jesus. Don't let fear keep you any longer. Say yes to the Lord in faith. Repent of your sins, confess them to God, and receive his gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus. Our pastors would love to introduce you to Jesus. We'd love to pray for you. God's speaking. Let's respond in obedience to him. Let's stand and say yes to him.